0: Hi, my name is Vince, and I'm into hardcore. Do you like to sit around for a while? Found yourself a little pet crocodile? Do you like to just live in the moment? Do you like the stars the moon, and moon in the comets? What do you like, do you like? What do you like, do
1: you like? What do you like, do you like? What do you like? Do you like? Welcome to What Do You Like, the podcast where you get to know a person through their passions and hobbies. Today on the podcast, we have someone who I have actually been listening to his podcast for many years now. Uh, you might know him from the We Watch Wrestling podcast. Uh, you might know him from the Monday Night Beers podcast. You might know him as the lead singer of the band Cross Control. Uh, but after this episode, you'll know him from the What Do You Like podcast welcome to the podcast Mr. Vince averill
0: oh thank you man I really appreciate it good to be here
1: how are you doing today Vince
0: I feel pretty good man I uh played a little golf this morning uh and so getting out of the house at all for me uh anymore is is a thing so pretty good
1: absolutely I think I think everyone kind of needs a reason to leave the house nowadays so it's good that you're getting out yeah. Uh, but today we're talking about a very specific thing, something that you're very passionate about. Um, and as you saw at the beginning, we're talking about hardcore music. Yeah, yeah. Can you give uh, a brief definition of what it, What is hardcore music compared to other types of similar music?
0: Sure. Um, so, and again, you know, it's like it's it's like almost anything. Uh, someone else may give you a different definition but to me hardcore is a um a little more straightforward a little um for lack of a better term harder or heavier um version of punk um which is to say that you know inherently it is a genre of music that is about you know doing it yourself doing it outside of the normal channels um you know preferably it has a message there are various messages it could have but all are you know generally positive or you know about sort of improving yourself or the situation around you
1: i mean and and i think the definition is important to understand your definition because i think music like any art people are going to interpret differently so it's good to kind of understand where you're coming from and really hone in on what it is you're passionate about yeah uh but now i kind of want to go into where does kind of enter your life
0: so i um you know from a pretty young age was into like you know led zeppelin and um you know heavier bands kind of or or you know just pink floyd but like classic rock and at a certain point um in junior high you know i was into skateboarding and i was given a tape and one side was the misfits and one side was uh, the Gorilla Biscuits album that had just come out. And so, you know, everyone sort of knows the Misfits, a little more punky, a little more sort of, um, you know, uh monstery, goofy lyric. And Gorilla Biscuits is like a seminal sort of straight edge, positive youth, uh, hardcore band. And so I remember I was much more into the Gorilla Biscuits side. Um, and so from that, I then heard the Minor Threat discography And so I was like, okay, this is because like so now I'm sort of it's like straight edge, which is I think most people know it's like you don't drink, you don't do drugs, clean cut kind of lifestyle. Um, But it's still rolled into that like you know, sort of fuck authority or you know there's a better way to do things, don't eat animals, this sort of stuff. And so that's where like by like eighth eighth grade I was like hearing about this particular style, and I was. into that and so that sort of launched me off
1: i think it's it it is important to note that this is eighth grade because i think that's a lot of times where people really kind of discover who they are like middle school is like the peak i was once at one point going to be a middle school teacher and that's like one thing that they really drilled into us Mm -hmm. and i i i I try to find something that goes against it but it, it seems like every time a lot of times deep personal things are developed in middle school yeah so what was it so you discover this? Was there a lot of people in your school that were doing this or was this like very niche passion?
0: No, it it was niche. So it was like me and my buddy, um, it felt like we're kind of the only two who were like into this sort of specific area. You know, you had other kids who were wearing like metallica shirts and people who were into dri and shit but like it felt like we were the only ones who had discovered this thing that was like you know uh discord records or revelation records or like a very you know specific and small thing so no but there were you know other kids were in the skating and you could relate to them on other stuff but as far as like hardcore on this level it was like me and my friend at least in my memory of it you know
1: did that add to it a little bit being like like almost like an exclusive thing? Like you you know that other people don't know?
0: Probably. And in fact, um, you know, uh I my brother just sent me my senior yearbook. And uh I there's like some pages of like seniors of distinction where you went and got your picture taken with these other people who were like significant for some reason. And I had long since cut my quote right out of it because I you know, was so embarrassed of the quote that I had written, which is effectively like, you know, I reject all these things that everyone else, you know, it's almost like a CM Punk promo. Like, uh, you know, like I'm against this, this and this. And so that means I'm better than you. Like literally that it, it said that. um, So yeah, there, I mean, and I remember also like as I went along and got more into it and like, was able to go to shows in Detroit and get involved in the scene and start my own label and all that stuff. Like and that's the thing about hardcore too. It's supposed to be this like unity and everyone's welcome and it doesn't matter. And it's like, Nope, there's a fucking uniform. And when someone showed up from your school to the show and you were like, Who the f- why, the- why are you here? Like, how did you get to come here? Like, you know, so there, yeah, that maybe to a fault, the exclusivity was like a piece of it. You know,
1: I, I think, uh, w- w- With the world, I think everyone definitely wants their own piece. So I think that's almost natural to find like that one thing you're like, this is going to be mine. Um, So I don't think it's that weird. And I don't think it's that big of a fault. But you mentioned how you started actually playing in bands. Right. What was that like? What was that transition like from just like listening Mm -hmm. to actually like, I want to create this music?
0: Well, so oddly enough, what happens first is like, because... Cause that's the other thing about, you know, hardcore on, on this level at this time was like, there weren't a lot of bystanders. Like if you went to the shows all the time, you were doing something probably, whether it was making food or making a zine or putting the show on or putting the bands up or whatever. So like initially, um, like in high school, I sort of like, we would make shirts and we would do little things on the side, but we weren't doing bands And then with the money from my graduation party, um, I used that money to put out the first record by another band that I found. And so then I was doing a label for a little while and I didn't actually do anything in a band until like, you know, so if I got into hardcore in, let's say, 89, 90, I didn't actually do anything in a band until maybe 2000. So because I was doing a label and doing other stuff. So then finally in 2000, I was like, oh, I kind of want to do this now. I'd always, you know, play guitar a little bit or thought I could, you know, maybe do vocals or something. And um, yeah, so the the transition was more in my involvement in like putting records out before I actually started doing bands.
1: So you were working as like the the leader of this label for 10 plus years before you even thought to. I want to try this music.
0: Yeah. And in fact, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the timeline because I like, I was doing the label, but, you know, it was always a thing of like, this isn't really my job. I just like would get, make whatever money I made, I'd put it back in. And, um, I hadn't even put a record out in a little while. I had sort of like, by this point, I was out of college and I wasn't like the scene wasn't as active, at least for me. So I wasn't like going to shows twice a week or whatever. And so, um, Uh, yeah. So like it, it, it took a long time before I actually did anything musically myself.
1: What was it that actually like drove you to, to take that step?
0: You know, I think around that time, um, like I got out of college and I hadn't like all I ever knew in my life was I didn't really want to have a job. (laughs) And so like I went to college for like geography, which a bachelor's in geography uh, you know, unless I'm just way off base, wasn't going to do a whole lot for me. And so I was like sitting around going like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? And like regular life is not that cool. And I was still straight edge. So it wasn't like I was going to the bar or anything. And um, so I think I was just like, cause that's around the time I start like going to second city and writing to then become a up con. Like I was sort of like figuring what, what can I do? What can I do? And so I think part of me was just like, I can fucking, do this so i like called up a friend who had been in bands and i was like hey man like let's we don't have to like i wasn't even it's so funny cross control started this way too i was like we don't have to like do shows or anything let's just write a batch of songs and i'll put the record out you know because in hardcore and that's changed a lot but like you know especially in the 90s you know if you had put out a a couple records that were good like i had then people would a lot of times just buy the next record because they just trusted that it would whether they knew it or they didn't know it you know, cause there wasn't like, you weren't going to be able to go sample it online. You know, you're just like, okay. So like, I was like, I can just put the record out. It doesn't matter if we fucking play shows or not, you know? And, and those first couple bands, um, that band in particular, we maybe played once or twice live. We like, got some other guys and did it. That was beautiful new, which does the the theme song for we watch wrestling podcast. And then the, the band after that, we did play like, you know, a hand, maybe double digit shows, but, um, so I was just trying to figure out what the fuck I should do and decided, well, here's something I'll try, you know, that I just hadn't done to that point.
1: That's interesting that you didn't play any shows. I think it says a lot that you really just cared about the music. It wasn't like to bring any attention to yourself. And I mean, as a singer, I think a lot of singers and bands part of the motivation is like I want to be out front I want everyone to look at me that doesn't seem like that's a, a motivation for you at
0: all no and I think it, but the and more so in hardcore it seems like because the show is such a like coming together of people and it is such an interactive thing there isn't like you know that like I'm the I'm the fucking star on stage and you're the dude staying in the crowd it's like everyone is kind of there together um so it does seem like you know I would have been more interested in playing shows for that reason. But I think probably it was more like, you know, I, I don't really know. I hadn't been on stage at all for any reason. So I was like, maybe I just don't even have to do that. Maybe I had some like reluctance to do it for that reason. But, um, but yeah, I was like, let's just do some tunes. And, and that's how, how it played out. And then that's, but, by, but by the second band, I was like, no, let's do a fucking real band. Like we want to try to tour Europe which didn't end up working out, but that was like a goal we had. And then, you know, all these years later, I, I like with cross control, I just reached out to a, a guy and I was like, Hey man, I want to just make a, I want to make a seven inch. I don't care if we actually do anything else or if we're a band, but then slowly it became a band and then it became a thing. But I've always just sort of tried to avoid it, I guess. I don't know why. Cause I'm not, I'm not like uncomfortable doing it. I enjoy doing it, but yeah.
1: I mean it, it, it it's probably that the fact that that's not the the main thing that you're into it for. I think you it seems like you truly just love making the music. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there is like, you know, and and maybe that's another thing about like with my comedy has been, you know, um it's I've, you know, of whatever my whatever my fucking issues are, it's not around like hey pay attention to me. It's it's not like, oh like look at me or and in fact, like if I'm standing in a group of comics, um and the riffing starts a lot of times i don't you know i i i I back out of that i don't lean into it because it's just not i don't i don't need that you know
1: Uh, you bring up a good point i mean uh, we haven't mentioned you're also a a pretty popular stand-up comedian um even doing that probably just as long as well so
0: that hardcore music yeah, well so i started yeah i, I started comedy in 2004 so kind of like at the tail end of the second band that i was in the last band technically before cross control had ended and i was like yeah trying to figure out what the fuck to do again and um i started doing comedy yeah so since oh four which is a long fucking time now yeah
1: so what are what's kind of the the crossover of those two groups? They seem extremely different, but obviously something drew you to both of them.
0: Well, I mean, depending on what you're doing, I suppose there is like you can convey a message, you know, or you can um you're on stage, you you're getting that sort of um immediate interaction and reaction, which, you know, at the same time I say like I, it doesn't it doesn't like feed me, but it is obviously like a good it is a good feeling especially in comedy like if you if you're up there and it's going well like you know forget it but like um so i think there's there's that element of just like uh for me again what can i do to make money that's not me like punching the clock i'm on stage i'm i'm interacting with people and i'm you know i I don't i never had like any uh i don't think i ever did any bits that were too like social commentary but but that is a possibility, I suppose.
1: I think that's that really speaks again to like the DIY nature is like you don't you don't want anyone telling you what to do. And I think that that speaks back to like what you initially fell in love with with hardcore is it wasn't like a prescription. It wasn't and it wasn't something everyone was listening to it was like your thing. Yeah.
0: And it is that thing, too, I think of um, in both instances, it's like you have to do it yourself. Like you have to find the shows, you have to get, go to the club and try to get booked or send your shit and try, like it's, it's your hustle. And in fact, I remember a little bit of stand-up actually starting, or at least, I don't know if it's what drove me there, but it certainly was in my brain. Um, you know, some of the last records that I'd put out that weren't of my own band, you know, I, just, I had had some bad experiences with people and I was like, man I don't have to fucking work with anybody on this one like stand up you can just fucking it's all you you make no concessions you live or you die but it's all you you know
1: I think and I think more people should really venture into that because I think a lot of people kind of latch on to other people and don't really create projects of their own and that truly like invest themselves I mean that was when I started this podcast originally I was going to do it with other people but I was like I can't that if I do with other people who knows what it'll become, who knows if we'll release every week. And I was like, I just want to sit down and have conversations with people. Uh, So I think that that speaks a lot. I think to a lot of people, like definitely jump out and figure out who you are and do something that you're truly proud of.
0: Yeah. I, I definitely know folks who, you know, in, in the course of my life are those, are those folks who just, they don't like, they always want to work on something together and it's always like well you know it, there is there's is something to be fulfilled by just doing it your trying it yourself doing it yourself you know for sure
1: that kind of leads into the music making process you've obviously written songs before what is it what is your process in writing music uh
0: so um in this in the most recent in cross control uh, the music generally uh is written by the band right there's guitar player drummer bass player i might have some small because i'm we're there we're all there together you know people bring riffs and and i may have some small say in the arrangement although i think in cross control i've had very little um and then i just you know basically uh i'll as the as the songs develop i will begin to um sort of make noises in a pattern which i then go and put words that fit the pattern so it's it's almost like a um i was talking to somebody else about this it's almost like a percussive thing where i'm like i'm just making noises in the way that i think it will happen and then going back and figuring out how to how to make the words work um and then you know in previous bands i had actually like never played guitar on stage but did write riffs and contribute to the band in that way but with cross control control it's it's all vocals for the most part
1: that's really interesting that you you don't come to it with like a a write out of the lyrics it you just kind of feel it and it's almost it kind of it's like scatting almost
0: it could be said yeah yeah in (laughs) in that way that's like it is a it's it's sort of percussive like where you're just like you know because you like even if i was like singing singing i think it would be a similar thing where you just for me, if you can be like, okay, here's how it, here's how it should sound, you know, and maybe occasionally you get a word in there if you like begin to sort of get the wheels turning on an idea, but, but, um, you know, or sometimes I'll just, it'll actually just start with a line. Like I'll, I'll crank a line out that works and then the rest might not come right away, you know, but it'll be, I'll just do that sort of, um, you know, vocal pattern or whatever until I sit down and like write the words, you know? So
1: it's really interesting in that, like, you you actually get to feel the music like you are you're fully immersed in it. Like. It's almost like, uh, I don't know, I'm not super familiar with, like, like African percussion type thing where there's really no they don't go in this right up. It's just they just feel it. I think it's really like it's it's crazy. There's that crossover between. like hardcore music and all well that. i mean
0: at least in the way that i put mine together you know but but i think um yeah there there has to be some through line with any music you know like going all the way back there has to be some even even if it's in the most minute fashion you know i think every, all music has to be connected on some tiny level
1: yeah, that's interesting. It's something you don't think about very often, but I think it's important to like look yeah. at that. Now, have you ever, when you're in this process, have you ever like said a noise or a word and like surprised yourself in the process? Um,
0: I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, some sometimes you might get excited. You might be like, "Oh fuck, that's good," uh-huh. but I don't know that I have surprised myself i sometimes it surprises me how long it takes because sometimes it's like down to like down to the wire heading to the studio and you're like i gotta fucking finish this song you know and i just haven't done it
1: i mean and it's one thing never rush art <laughs> i think that's that's an important thing Fair too, enough.
0: or the dishes
1: yeah yes <laughs> i mean it's also important like i i, I think back to like authors Cause I mean, I've thought about one day I might write a book. I don't know. I have no real skills there, but I thought about it, but a lot of people, um, are those people that will sit down and write two full novels every mm. year. And I'm like, how are you able to do that? And then there's some other people like Harper Lee that wrote to kill a mockingbird and just kind of stopped for yeah. 50 years. Um, and, and then I think it's almost like the, the two ideas. One is a true passion of art. And the other is like, this is my job. I enjoy doing it. Right. Um, I think with hardcore music, it's not your full time job. It's not where you make all your money. So you can live in it. You can just follow where it goes. Sure.
0: Um, But whether it's hardcore music or writing a book or whatever, um, ultimately it is just a matter of doing it. You know, it's either a matter of picking up the phone and finding somebody to help you if that's what it takes, if it's a band or whatever. But, yeah. You know, it's like, cause there are a lot of people who I've known and who I know who they don't make their money the way they'd like to make their money. And, but a lot of those people will spend those extra few hours in the day trying to do the other thing, which is how it works, you know? And so there is that like, um, feeding that sort of thing, you know, you need to, you need, you need to feed it and, and you just, and you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. We'll just fucking do it. You know, it's like, it's like there's people who will, who will give you a stand-up comedy class, but I would suggest that all you need to really do when, when it's fucking legal and safe is just go do some fucking open mics and figure it out. Cause that's how you do whatever it is. You just fucking do it. You don't, there's no, you know, book that's been, uh, that manual or whatever, you know, you just got to fucking do it until it's good or until you're happy or satisfied yeah. or it's fun. Any of those things.
1: Absolutely. I think one, uh, in doing this podcast so far, I've, I've learned that uh, the people that are truly passionate or actually following their passions did not just wake up one day and just do that. Like, there was a lot of failure in the process, even if it's just like a hobby. Like, the first episode of this podcast was my friend who's creating board uh-huh. games. His first board game he created wasn't very good, but he loved doing it, so he's kept doing it, um, and now he's like developed, he's developed like eight different board games during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, that's the message. I think one big message of this podcast is always to don't be afraid to try and don't be afraid to fail. Um, cause there's no, the only, the only time I say you shouldn't risk something is if the risk is going to either end your life or you're going to be like destitute, right. but there's very few risks that people take that lead to that, that, that point or have yeah. to take. I do want to kind of jump kind of back to your... Leading this uh, record mm-hmm. label that you just created out of nowhere, how are you finding the bands for right. this? Like, and and what is what is that process? Are you just calling people like, "Hey, I I out of nowhere opened a record label. I want to release your record."
0: Well, so um, kind of. It's like it it is that also that thing of like how hardcore more was than is. But like when you're in that sort of smaller community without the internet um it yeah like w- the first record we did with the money from the graduation was sort of fortunately for um a couple bands of people we knew but one of them had gotten uh, the, the demo had gotten this great review in maximum rock and roll which was still online but was like a you know a big zine for punk and hardcore so like getting at that point getting a very good review in there meant you were gonna like sell records um so their demo had gotten really good review so we did a record a split record where one side was them one side was another band and it like it did really well and and to this day it's you know comes up a lot for me from people um so then i had that to be like well i did this record you know but i don't know that i would have needed to To have that to still be able to i just like i heard another band that was from like the toronto area and i just called them on the phone i was like hey like i heard this like can i put out a record for you guys and they were like yeah because it's just everyone was just you know kids for lack of a better term but uh or maybe there is a better term but everyone's young and just trying to like make shit no one and no one thought there was going to ever be any money so it was just like oh if you want to do it there's no reason for me to hold out and see if someone else is going to do it because all you're offering to do is put a record out for me. There isn't really, a, you can say like, I'll give you this much of whatever comes back, but, but no one involved was like making money. So there wasn't that concern. So it's a lot easier to, yes, just call people on the phone or meet them in at a show. Cause you would travel and this and that, but yeah, that was sort of just it.
1: So like, this is right out of high school. You kind of developed yep. this and you mentioned out that the idea was not to make money, but like to have this like business sense, like to, you have to manage a budget. Like there's going to be a cost right. to do it. Like what, what is the thought process there? Is this like, I, I'll just figure it away or did, was there, there was no business plan. Was no, there? it
0: was like, how much does it cost? Okay. I have enough money from my, my um, graduation party. And then, actually so then what happens is we do that record it does really well some time passes me and me and the guy who were doing that together sort of went our separate ways at least in our thoughts around that you know so um in hardcore you know he was he was going this way i was going that way so i was like let's do something else so that's when i started capsule which is the label that's mine that first record was done under the band the banner of Abiology records so i start capsule so for that first LP on capsule the grade record I actually took a loan from a bank to do that um and then got it back paid the loan you know and did the next record or whatever but so there wasn't a business model except like how much does it cost okay do I have it can I get it and then go you know
1: what was that conversation like with the bank?
0: Well, it was it was very much my dad co-signing. <laughs> oh, okay. And it was like it was a, like literally I think the loan was for maybe if it if it was more than a thousand, it wasn't very much more than a thousand. So like not a great deal of risk. And also weird to even think that a bank would give you a loan for like a thousand or twelve hundred dollars. But apparently they did and would, Yeah, um, especially if someone who, you know, had credit and all that was like going to say, if he doesn't pay it, I will kind of thing.
1: Was there any hesitation from your dad?
0: Um, not really. Uh I know we I certainly would have had to like, you know, discuss it with him, but I don't I don't recall him giving too much pushback. Pretty supportive guy overall.
1: So was uh, growing up, was your dad all like always supportive of you just uh diving into all these things? What do you th- what did you say the first time you released a record?
0: Um I don't, I don't remember that conversation. My dad was like a, a, um, a track and cross country coach and like a very like straight lace, get your haircut every two weeks, um, you know, into sports guy, but, but, uh, but still very supportive. The only thing that he wouldn't, you know, he couldn't get down with was like, if, if I wanted to like dye my hair or do any kind of like weird shit he that's where he had to draw the line you know he's like i'll fucking i got your back on this other shit but you can't fucking look weird um <laughs> and the one time i there was a band called uh, born against great old hardcore band but i i got a shirt and on the back of it was like a, a, a like a coffin with the american flag over it and it said i pledge allegiance to shit and he was like no no that's not happening um but but generally yeah very supportive uh of whatever i was trying to get into um so i don't really i'm sure he was like oh this is like cool or interesting or whatever that you've like put out a record but um i don't recall the conversation around it
1: it didn't lead to like a, a huge fandom of hardcore or hardcore music firms no it
0: didn't in fact like i remember too around this time i was working in the summers like at the same like there was this metro park like huge, like 11,000 acre park that I would do maintenance in the summer. And he was a, te- you know, a teacher and a coach. So he had worked out there every summer for like 50 years or something. Um, And so there's a lot of like, you know, blue collar guys who were like full timers there. And I remember like them getting their hands on one of the records, you know, and it just causing a little bit of, you know, they didn't, they didn't understand it at all. <laughs> and, and I was vegetarian <laughs> and i didn't drink and it was just like your kid might be gay actually it was probably like (laughs) over overall thought about me but
1: i mean and then in that time period like that was the the link between vegetarian and not drinking is like oh you must it's like
0: well what the fuck you know like i'm for a lot of years man like it was it, it was like all anybody wanted to talk about you know like you couldn't You couldn't just lay back in the cut as soon as that was out in the open because it was like it was almost like you were like an agent there to spy on them or to like you know like what's up with this guy (laughs) kind of thing you know.
1: So what? So this is in Michigan, right? When did you move to? You went to New York next. I moved to New York,
0: but that wasn't until two thousand. Like very early in 2006 in like the first few days of 2006 i moved to new york so by that point i don't have any bands i'm just like like from from 4 four i'm like just face down in comedy just like can't concentrate on anything else but then when i get to new york it's still very like you know a singular focus but i'm in new york now so like I start to go to some shows, you know, some hardcore shows, but I, I never really got, I wouldn't say I was ever really involved in the scene in New York. I sort of was, you know, just sort of a guy who came to the shows because by that point, things had changed a lot, you know, like the internet and everything else. And I, and it wasn't that like little fucking scene where like, there weren't a lot of people who weren't doing something, you know, you could still just like go to a show and it didn't matter. You know, that's
1: interesting. That's a I think, Sometimes we almost take the internet for granted and how much of is an effect it's been on society um, just because it's like always there. Like everyone has a cell phone now that is constantly connected to the internet. Like un- imagining a world before the internet is almost foreign.
0: No, man. I mean, because you think about, too, when you're talking about a niche thing like this, it's like, well, I got this tape. Okay. So then someone else gives me this, which is kind of similar. And so you're just sort of going off of like what other people have heard. And then maybe you go to the record store and you're like, well, this is stuff is all sort of like together in the same area. So let me try this. You know, like there's a lot of time in those early years spent just like before I like started going to shows and meeting people and there'd be people that are selling records and people who knew what was up. It was like, go to the record store. I can buy one or two records. I'm going to just have to look at them and be like, okay. Like, it's on the same label as something I like, or it looks cool, and it's, it you know what I mean? You're just, like, rolling the dice.
1: At, there were always chances, too, back then. Like, you you buy something. You pay your hard-earned money for it, and it's totally. terrible. And, and you're like, what did I just totally, do?
0: Totally, yeah. It's like, yeah, or finding out about a show that's happening. You go to the record store, and then there's flyers. Like, there's no other way, you know? Um Or there's like the, in in Detroit, it's called the Metro Times, but, you know, whatever that like weekly paper is that maybe has like, but that wouldn't have like the hardcore, hardcore shows. That would be like the bigger bands that you might see at like a club. But yeah, no internet, man. You're just like, you're just scraping, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on.
1: I mean, that, that probably almost was like something you were attracted to also. Like, again, it's again, the DIY. And it's almost like, I like to a lot of times go to flea markets and have no idea what I'm looking for, but just love like looking for stuff. Part of it is like the people that sell at flea markets are very interesting, but that there's that hunt and that like something that's not easily given to you. Um, Do you think that drove you at all to hardcore as well? And like this whole process? No,
0: I think it was just, it was just like part of it because of the time. Like sometimes I'll sit there and go like, I'm trying to think of when I just had a house phone and you had to be like, okay, uh, give me a call and we'll figure it out. It's like, well, how did, what, I mean, I guess there was an answering machine, but it like just, it was just how it was. Um, So I don't think like the, I mean, maybe the work that went into like figuring everything out emboldened me later to be like, you're a poser, you know, like you're fucking like you just showed <laughs> up. You haven't done all the work to fucking be here or whatever, you know, which is obviously bullshit, too. But but, you know.
1: So so you're in New York now you're doing stamp copy. That's like mm. your main thing. But you're still like, obviously, there's still that love for hardcore yeah. music. So you're still like jumping in and out. When was it that you? it felt like you really fell back into hardcore music.
0: Um, you know, I would think, cause I didn't really like, I didn't even bring my, like every time I've moved, it's like I moved to New York on a plane. I moved to LA in a car. Like I've never had a lot of possessions. Like I had a lot of records when I moved to New York, I left, I left them all behind in Michigan. Um, um, And so then toward the tail end of New York. And then what happens is I had to go back to Michigan for about, I don't know what I was, eight months, eight or nine months. My dad was sick. So like I have a little, little stop over there before I go to LA. Um, And so by the time the tail end of New York and then into Michigan is when I'm like getting back in, like into hardcore. And, um, and then by the time I got out here, I was like, I feel like I was fully back in. And then it still took me a few years to be like, I'm going to do a band, but. But I was like back, like, you know, going to shows, buying records, um, supporting, you know.
1: So you leave New York, which probably has a, a pretty hefty hardcore scene, and then you move to LA. What is what are the differences in the scenes and like what what how did you feel your place was? Like now coming to LA and being involved in hardcore wrestling for so well, long?
0: So I never um like once i was out of the detroit scene originally i've never really felt like i was in you know because it's like other than like you know you'll you have people who you've known throughout or who you oh like you know you re you like retouch base with oh yeah i remember but like um I never had a place in New York. I was just like a guy who would come around once in a while to shows. I never even like it was, it was, there was nothing to it. And then I got here and um, you know, I just, I think out here, there's just a few more people that I sort of have just known. So I feel a little more connected to it, but, and then, but then even having cross control, like before the pandemic, we only played a few shows and it's like, you know, we had a record on new age, which is also like a Southern California label, but, it's kind of like comedy where it's like, there's so many bands. Why the fuck should we put you on the show? You know, or like, like I was actively trying to book us or like I was trying to book shows myself before this stuff happened where I was going to put the show on. Like, that's what I was sort of resorting to because resorting to, because I just like, we were having so much trouble getting shows. You know, we only play, we played with judge. We played another time at, um, at a skate shop. But like, I was like, fuck it. Like I'm fucking, this is, I'm old school. I'll just put the show on myself. So I was like trying to figure that out when the shit hit the fan. But, um, so I've never like felt totally connected, reconnected to hardcore other than the other thing I'll say is there's a website called NoEcho.net, which is a SoCal based like, um, internet fanzine exclusively about hardcore, heavy music. And so that guy reached out to me when I first got out here and we sort of come from the same time in music he was in new york i was in detroit we didn't know each other then but like from that i sort of have like you know like intertwined with him a bit so there are certain guys who make me feel like i'm a little more involved but i don't have that connection like i once did in la or new york you know
1: it seems like now it's not even like at all based on the scene it's truly just about you wanting to create the music for
0: me yeah I just want to like I I well but I do but I w- I want to contribute to hardcore as a thing as a as a ideal as a genre whatever you know like because it's the same reason like I I want to support hardcore and I want to contribute to hardcore so yeah it is it is about the music but the music is is the message is the the thing you know
1: It's almost like you're you're trying to uh I wouldn't say like create your legacy, but you you want to make sure the hardcore continues cuz I mean you've been in it for so many years now. Do you imagine uh, a future where hardcore is not a thing?
0: Uh no, I mean I think hardcore will always exist in some way. It's funny. So like I went to uh what's called Sound and Fury Festival last summer here, which is like a an annual hardcore like three day hardcore festival that they put on and like going in there, I was just like, everybody looks the same. If they're just younger. You know, I was like, hardcore is, is the same. I mean, the bands are a little different and that's sort of like another part of, you know, like I had some people tell me, Oh, cross control, man. There's like this shit hasn't sounded like this in a long time. Kind of that kind of sentiment, you know? So it's like, I'm still sort of trying to put my spin on it. Um, but, uh, hardcore will continue on. It may not always be exactly what it was or what I think it should be or whatever, but I think as a thing, it will exist, you know, and, and there are so many subsets of it and everything else, but hardcore, hardcore is not going anywhere. Um, it'll just be a matter of whether I'm, you know, down to be involved because it it is, I really think it's a thing you you're involved in. It's not a, Hardcore is not in my estimation, like a thing you're so much a fan of as a thing that you are and that you're involved in, you know,
1: it's not something you can just put on in the background while you vacuum once. You can
0: but, but my point is like, I, my feeling is that you should be, you can listen to it whenever the fuck you want. You can be laying on the beach. I don't care, but you should be actively involved, whether that's, supporting in some way or creating in some way contributing you know
1: I think I think it's an important message again because it is an art you should be supporting any art that you're consuming especially nowadays with the pandemic like the arts are probably have taken the biggest hit because I mean that's the last thing that anyone's gonna let anyone start doing um, and
0: especially music because it is one of the easiest things to steal. Yeah, or that, get that for free. However you true. want to frame it, you know. But
1: yeah, that's really. I mean, I think that's an important message. Um, definitely support. I mean, and especially nowadays, there's things like Patreon. There's there's so many ways you can support. That's not like just buying products. You can literally sub- directly support artists that yeah. you love.
0: No doubt, man.
1: Looking back, and your and your career. In this, how have you changed? How how has hardcore molded you into who you are today?
0: Well, um, I think one positive aspect is having been straight edge, um, sort of kept me from like I'm not anymore, and I haven't been in a long time. But I feel like just having that sort of initially that set of like ideas and and how to sort of um, live your life in a positive way and in a way that doesn't, you know, that, that is healthy and, and whatever I think um, has been beneficial as a, as a jumping off point. Uh, But I also think just the things that I have, you know, learned from being around hardcore related to, the prison industrial complex, factory farming, politics and socialization and all that, all the stuff that I sort of have learned from being involved and, and from, you know, paying attention to the message uh, has definitely shaped, you know, my beliefs and has shaped, you know, my moral compass. Uh, So I would think that that, yeah, it was like, it is the thing that has informed me the most as far as uh, my belief system. I think that
1: that's like what we can. The only thing we can really ask about a passion or something we're passionate about is that it it it, it contributes to you as well. Um, and I, I think throughout this conversation, it's been very clear that this truly is something you're very passionate about. I think forever You'll be 80 years old uh, and possibly still writing an album about yeah. <laughs> with, with whoever you right. can find that can still. Or at me.
0: least, yeah, paying attention in some capacity. No doubt about it.
1: So I just want to thank you for this conversation. It's been great to chat with you. Again, some, I've been a big fan for a long time. Um, where can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about this or just follow you?
0: Um at Vince Averill on Twitter, Vince.Averill on Instagram. Cross control underscore LA on Instagram for the band. Um yeah, we watch wrestling podcasts every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Well, I'm I'll make sure to include all this in the description. So one and up ears, as no, you pointed
0: out. One and up ears on Mondays. Yes.
1: Yes. Um if you want to get in, in touch with this podcast, you go to at what do you like podcast on Instagram at wdwell podcast on twitter or to our website what do you like vince again i can't thank you enough it's been a true pleasure talking to you and honestly hardcore music is something that i know nothing about so it that's the, kind of the the joys of these conversations as i get to learn a lot about a new topic um so i really appreciate you taking
0: the yeah time no here. thank you man much appreciated uh happy to do it and uh Thank you.
1: Everyone out here listening, uh, if you like this conversation, we have these every Tuesday um, on all major podcast platforms. Uh, Feel free to give us a rating if you enjoy this or tell a friend. We always love having new people join the conversation. And with that, we will see you next time.